With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app, by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, the Big Ten, which had been rumored to have voted already to cancel the college football season, uh, has not had an official vote from presidents and chancellors. President Trump tweeted out that uh, the the student athletes have been working too hard for their season to be canceled. He did the hashtag we want to play. That was started by Trevor Lawrence, who is the presumptive number one overall pick. He was a national champion at Clemson. And he took to Twitter yesterday to say that he wants to play and kind of echoing my sentiments for the last month or two, which is you understand it's not completely safe, but you're actually more safe on a college campus than you are if you go home. And here's why. Many of the top players and coaches in college football in the country have supported the idea of playing this season. This is Ohio State head coach Ryan Day. He said, swinging as hard as we possibly can right now for these players. This isn't over. Hashtag fight. Um, Jim Harbaugh had a lengthy statement today about why they should have football this fall as well. Like there's a lot to get to. 
I'll, I'll get you, I'll give you my, my take. It's, it's fascinating. When we say it's about the money, everyone says, well, that's the wrong tack that, that it's, we should be against it being about the money. It should be about being the right thing. But if it's football, it's never truly the right thing, right? Like we all go in knowing full well that among the major sports, it is far and away the most dangerous to the body and to the mind and the numbers back it up as such. So we to operate on one hand, like safety is the primary concern and that money is the only reason that overcomes safety, I, I think is uh, w- would mean that anytime you play football, you're only playing for the money. And that's not accurate. Th- there's this misconception that if players were getting paid, they would want to play more. They, first of all, players, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. You may not like the level of compensation or the value of the trade. I would tell you it's far more valuable than how it's portrayed by people who don't appreciate the value of it. But you may think that you're allowed to think that, hey, man, they need a better deal. Okay, I think the deal is good and it continues to get even better. And for 99 percent of the players, it's incredible, incredible. And the other one percent, it's incredible in all the benefits it pays off to them in terms of popularizing them, making them a part of the conversation and really marketing them for their next job in the NFL and for when they're done playing football. But what I I. I don't understand because it is a, it is false is players get nothing. They're playing for free. They're not playing for free. They're not playing for nothing. You playing pickup basketball is for free. You playing football with the guys, uh, you know, Turkey bowl on Thanksgiving. That's for free. Getting a chance to enroll in go to school in, have all the benefits of a major university as well as all the training that goes with it, all the tutoring that goes with it, all the other benefits that go with it has a substantial value. You may say that value isn't enough and you can make your argument. And there are points which I may actually agree with you on, but I will never agree with somebody who says the players get nothing. You get a ton. You might not get enough. I'm... But what's ironic is the players want to play already. Like there's a disconnect between people at home, even former players and guys who are writers. And well, if they got paid, no, if they got paid and they were professional, if they got paid, then if they didn't want to show up, they could be fired for it. Or if they couldn't show up and the season was canceled, they could be furloughed. That's what happens at big boy jobs. But the fact is you can't be furloughed. Now you can't even really be fired as, as long as you don't have a fireable offense. And everything that colleges are supposed to do is in an effort to keep you on track to graduate on time. Coaches get rewarded as such. Matter of fact, that's one of the idiocies of the Pac-12 coalition, which wasn't really a coalition of nearly as many players, they say, in terms of the bonuses that they want. Of course you should give bonuses to coaches when their, stu- their student-athletes succeed in, in school. Why shouldn't they? Pushes you to get guys to get better grades and to graduate on time. But we're at this weird place, this weird kind of crossroads where, look, I've been told that one of the things the Big Ten has is examining is whether or not that there's there's this data that says, hey, there's a, 
a possibility that when players get COVID, it's not about dying or hospitalization. It's about what the rest of their life looks like. That would also open them up to, you know, liability out the wazoo. Most everyone knows if you have a pulse that you're actually safer on a college campus being watched over by team doctors, by your coaches, by your peers to not violate whatever protocols you have in place. Most people know that and the numbers would support as such. The difference is when you're on a college campus, you are under the watchful eye of that university and your parents could sue that university if something happened to you, God forbid. So what, what colleges, college football is doing is the old CYA, cover their booties. We didn't say booties with A. And it's going to be amazing to see how this plays out. Now you get the president putting himself on one side. You have players, many of whom don't normally agree with the president. I'm sure they will accept the president's backing. Like, look, do I think they play? I think it's really, really hard. Really, really hard. To take in all this data. To be thoughtful to social media and the media. And do it anyway. But you know what? You probably got to do it anyway. Most people cower in the, in, in, most people cower to it. They, they cow to it. The unintended consequences are severe. There's not any question that players will suffer from depression, that players will, many of whom, you know, will struggle to go back to school, to stay in shape or even to stay healthy because if you're doing online learning, you're going to do it at home. Look, I'm respectful of how bad this virus is. I am not going to sit here and tell you that it's nothing more than the seasonal flu. That's lunacy. Right? That's spitting in the face of doctors and scientists that, that spend their lives researching this stuff. But there is a, there's a, like, there's cost-benefit analysis to, to, to any deal that you make. There's a benefit analysis to playing as opposed to not playing. And if you want to say it's about money, sure. Schools are still going to lose money, going to lose, you know, their books will be off regardless, probably a little bit less so if they play, but there's all sorts of other costs, which we don't understand have, will be incurred if they do play the testing, the safety, the protocols, you know, how you, what you do inside of a stadium, all of these different things. And we're left here with a complete mess. And I understand that there's this idea that we want leadership. The problem is that we are such a divided country on every single topic that leadership cannot do its job. The president says something and half the country disagrees. And that's not just this president. That's the previous president as well. And the president previous to that. I'm old enough to know that this is how it has, this is how it has been. Is it more polarizing? Yeah. But now sports is like that. School is like that. There are schools that are in session. SEC schools have students on campus. Now they're, they're trying to navigate this thing and work for it on the fly. And they have their own protocols in place, but there are some schools which won't open some schools that are open, some schools that are halfway. So it makes it for an impossible moving target. And to people who are like, man, there should be one college football czar in charge of everything. It's, it's seemingly impossible when you have such different perspectives. And no matter what you say, half of the country is going to disagree with you.
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Has anybody else been through a pandemic? Oh, I'm sorry. You got all these really experienced pandemic people who understand the landscape of college athletics. Uh, I'm going to quote myself in something that I tweeted out earlier today. We need leadership. We hate our leaders. We need unions to protect people. We hate bad unions. We want to pay players. Can't fire players. We want athletes to speak out. We don't like what athletes have to say. Let the adults speak. Right? That's basically where we are in college football. You know? So you're sitting there and you're going to tell yourself that if there was a leader, he or she would agree with you. And the leaders that we don't like are the ones that don't agree with us. That's really, it's that, it's very much that simple. You know? And the other part to it is there is leadership of the NCAA. That's Mark Emmert. Now they have no oversight into college football. They don't. They have rules for all student athletes, but no oversight into the actual execution of college football games. That's by design. These schools want to be mini fiefdoms and keep their money within the conference. They don't want the NCAA to get in on that because the NCAA takes everybody. They, what the NCAA needs to do is not change anything except for the voting structure. If they made it more like a presidential election, I think we'd be a lot better off. Here's what I mean. Presidential election, you have the electoral college, right? The, the, the states with the most people have the most votes in electoral college. But the smaller states do in fact matter, right? How did, how did President Trump beat Hillary Clinton? It wasn't because of California or New York or Texas. Texas goes red, California and New York go blue. Might have been slightly because of Florida, okay, which is a little mixture there and is a swing state. But the truth is, it's Ohio, it's Pennsylvania, it's Wisconsin, it's Iowa. Those are the states that swung the election. So what they could do is give a higher percentage of the votes to the major conferences. The SEC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the ACC. You do that, and all of a sudden now you have more of an electoral college sort of feel. The problem, though, is that we'd say we want leadership for college football, but the second that Mark Emmert says anything in the rest of collegiate sports, he's the worst guy ever, a complete idiot. They need a leadership change. Whether it's dad problems or leadership problems or whatever sort of hesitance we have towards somebody telling us this is the best thing we can do. Like even Adam Silver, who I've given him credit, he's right in terms of the bubble. They're right in terms of timing it out. They've absolutely nailed it. My pitfalls to the bubble will still see, I believe, not just in that people are out and about, but the pitfalls are like at some point you're not going to get the same product when you've had guys sequestered in a hotel for two, three, four months on end. You're just not. Doesn't mean you'll have a horrible product, but it won't be the same top end level product that you used to have. 
but 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 even silver like his leadership you could call into question because he's cowered so much to the players and towards their demands that will probably hurt their ratings once we get ultimately to the conference finals and nba finals and that they don't just have their names in the back of the shirts it, it, and and just so you're aware like before you go running back to social media and say Doug Gottlieb's the worst person ever, I'm not. It won't change. It doesn't stop me from changing the channel, but there are a percentage of people who won't watch because you kneel before the national anthem and because you you wear slogans and sayings representing Black Lives Matter on the back of your jersey. You may say, like LeBron James, I don't care about the president, but the president had 60 million people vote for him. That doesn't mean they're all ideologists, that they all believe in whatever that he, he's selling them, but enough of them do where it's going to ultimately hurt your bottom line. But without getting too far afield, you got all these people calling for a conference commissioner. Don't they understand that every conference is different because every region is different? It's really, really hard. Yes, the Power Five wants to secede. The problem is that the Power Five needs the little conferences for those guarantee games, which are major moneymakers for both sides. If you cut them out, potentially you can make more money because you can sell every seat if you only play Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, ACC games. We, won't play those in our, we don't play any of the little boys. That cuts out the little guys. But, but you're going to have a lot more L's on your record. You know, you can't play 10 conference games as opposed to playing nine, nothing. More teams are going to lose a game or two games, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of been, people have been criticizing the lack of football, of leadership. But, you know, the, the truth is that most of these conferences want to keep it within the conference. That's why the conferences, you know, they want like-minded, like-sized schools in the same region that view things the same way. That's what they want. They don't want any sort. They don't want a dictator. They don't even want an elected leader. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joel Clad joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. You were probably in high school, right? Do you remember the catch, Matt Davison? I do remember the catch. Yeah, I was I was in high school still, but <clears throat> I remember it because the opposing quarterback at Missouri was Corby Jones, and I later worked with Corby. I Jones. know Corby, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, re- I remember that, and it was, I, and it was to save. I believe they went on. That was Osborne's last year. Nebraska went on to win the national championship, and that was kind of their their one game that they squeaked by. Yeah, and and so like to me, like. And look, you and I have gotten back into it about, you know, compensating the players, name and likeness and all other things. Like what we do this dramatic job of understanding is the importance for college football is not just like we make it out like it's all money. Okay, but money's not a bad thing. It does allow a lot of people to to live a great life. The stadiums, the the facilities, the treatment of players, their scholarships themselves, but it also provides a great opportunity for players to play this game and make a name for themselves, which can help them when they get done playing, like a Matt Davison. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I'm evidence of that, right? And maybe quarterback's a little bit different than that, but I was a walk-on, ended up playing for three years, and I've kind of made uh, a career, you know, from that. Uh, it got my start in local television because of my role with the University of Colorado. So there's no doubt that what you're saying is, is correct. And <clears throat> I believe that the life now for a college athlete 
in any sport is far greater than what we experienced in, in our time uh, as intercollegiate athletes. So uh, the, I think that that's probably a story that the schools do a poor job of telling, Doug, is just what they're providing to these athletes. Because I agree with you. That's why I've been a huge proponent that the only thing that they really need further is their rights to their name, image, and likeness. Right, I, I believe in an Olympic model on that, so I don't think that they should be paid by the university. And I think that the opportunities that the university provides and the network that the uh, uh, program provides, I think, is invaluable to to a lot of the players that want to use it the right way. All right, what uh, what do you? I had heard about this uh, uh, heart issue that there's a fear that especially bigger dudes, if they contract COVID, are likely to carry this after even they recover from COVID, that it, it could have potentially, you know, harmful effects on their life going forward. And that's really what's what's put the brakes on the Big Ten proceeding. What have you heard? Uh, yes, I've heard I've heard a similar thing that that one of the biggest issues is is this new um, kind of revelation of, of the uh, myocarditis, I believe is what they're calling it or something along those lines. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but um, yeah, and, and at this point, I think it's important to know that it is anecdotal, that, that it is a very small number of cases, but it's a number of cases that they need to figure out what's going on. Um, I think that the main point that also needs to be stressed is that it's, it's not hitting football players or athletes at a di- in disproportionate numbers to the regular population. This is a byproduct of COVID, which they could get anywhere. This is a byproduct in, in people with COVID who are not athletes. So I think part of this needs to be a discussion of how do we prevent the spread of the disease within these athletes and their community while also caring for them to the best possible extent. And and that's why I still believe, even with this, and I've I've read a lot of the papers on, on the myocard artists, and, and I will tell you that I still strongly believe that the safest spot for the players is within the structure of college football. And if you're a basketball player, within the structure of college basketball. If you're a volleyball player, within the structure of intercollegiate athletics, because the testing will be there. So you won't be walking around for weeks on end you know, with an asymptomatic case that, that you don't know that you're spreading, one. Two, if you do contract the virus, then they can immediately do EKGs and echocardiograms and, and uh, you know, cardio MRIs and, and, and the such to be on top of a condition like you're talking about. And then there's the, uh, the constant care and supervision of the medical uh, team that is around you. I think all of that is invaluable, and I think it should be brought to the forefront because I agree with these coaches and many players who have come out today and say we feel safer and are safer within the structure of the sport, even with these conditions that may linger and show up later than we would be outside of the structure of our sport. I, I look, I agree. I've been on that. Uh, I've been on that uh, soapbox for weeks now, maybe even months now. And it's just interesting on how we don't. And even in the NFL, right, where guys are opting out, like, look, if you're going home and you're going to quarantine, legit quarantine. OK, I, I can't really argue with that. But the likelihood that 
you're going to quarantine for the entirety of the season. And oh, yeah, by the way, you're not getting round the clock medical care testing weekly or even daily in the NFL or whatever. You're not getting those things like I, I like we're, we're kind of kidding ourselves. You're in the exact same situation, maybe not playing football, but like a, a college kid is going to say he goes stays home. He's still going to go out. He's still going to, right? And now you don't have the oversight of a coach or teammates pressuring him to, hey, dude, you can't go out or we could lose our season. Like all signs point to agreeing with us and not with this idea of cancel the season. Why then do you think they're really considered? Is it just liability? Yeah, it is. It's, <clears throat> I think it's, it's, it's maybe not 100%, but it's, it's, that's a huge factor, the liability. And, and what's <laughs> – here's, here's the dirty part out loud, Doug, is that I, I don't want to attribute this to individuals, and, and this is going to sound harsh, but you know, enough prefacing and, and let's just say what needs to be said out loud. I believe that if you're a university president, you are not worried – as much about your athletes contracting the virus outside of the program than you are contracting it within the no program. Question. No question. So it's not about their health and safety. It's about where does the liability fall? If they go get it at home, that's not safer for that student athlete, but it doesn't fall under the umbrella of the liability of the university. And even with liability waivers, and I've heard a lot of people talk about waivers. Yeah, those don't stand you know, up. They, well, and those there, there are. I mean, how many plaintiff lawyers out there? They're going to get around that and, and are frothing at the mouth to bring a suit against a conference or a university. So, <clears throat> I think it has to do with liability, and and that's why I believe it is an outright falsity for for these decision makers to talk about their decisions being in the quote-unquote best interest of the health and well-being of the student-athletes because that is false. It's not. It is in the best interest of the financial interest of the university. And they don't care if the player contracts the virus at home. They only care if the player contracts the virus on campus and within the program. And that's the dirty part out loud. And if we don't have football, that's the reason why. Joel Klatt's our guest here on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. All right, Scott Frost kind of made it seem like, hey, if the Big Ten doesn't want to play, we'll find somewhere else to play. Could we see Nebraska go back with the boys in the Big 12? Well, that's interesting, right? I mean, they probably belong there anyways. But um, uh, Help yeah, I think Texas. you're going to see – well, I think that you'll see – a compre- I think that the SEC is going to try this thing. One, they have longer runway, right? I mean, this is part of the reason why they, they set up the September 26th, I believe, start date rather than early September, because they felt like it gave them a longer runway to make more informed and better decisions based on the science. I think Greg Sankey has been a great leader in that regard. He tweeted out that sentiment today, and I think that's why you're not seeing the SEC jump into this fray whatsoever. Um, the Big Ten has forced a little bit their hand because they had those earlier start dates, so they're trying to make a decision whether they're going to start fall camp, and, and this is why this is kind of boiling up to the top right, right now. I believe that the SEC is going to pause as long as they possibly can in order to play. I think the ACC will probably follow suit. Big 12 is on the fence a little bit. doesn't look good for the Big Ten right now, but th- here's the other part to the point of your question. I really do believe that if we see a conference like the Big Ten or Pac-12 cancel or postpone their season, I absolutely believe there will be institutions within those conferences that 
step outside and go and try to find games this fall. And and you're going to see the fracturing of that conference model. And I don't know if they'll step within the structure of a different conference model just for one season or if they'll go and try to just create a five or six or seven game schedule on their own kind of remains to be seen. But trust me, they're not getting a lot of run, but there are schools in the Pac-12 that are looking at this as well. Yeah, I I think it's going to be super, super fascinating. And look, there's been talk of the breakoff of the top five conferences that, and there's also talk of a need for a college commissioner. My issue on a college commissioner, a college football commissioner is, like, you have five very distinct conferences, right? They have their own opinions and... You know, I, yes, you may act in their best interest, but there, there'll be just as many yays as nays. It feels like we're so polarized in every different aspect that no matter who you appoint as commissioner and you give them the, the, the ability to be heavy handed, you're going to have just as much, if not more unhappiness. Well, and we've seen that the, the more heavy handed the commissioner, the, the worse off for the organization. I think that we've seen that in regards to the NFL and their player policy conduct, uh, their player conduct policy. Um, and we've seen that in other sports as well. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if that's an, an answer to everything. I do think that there needs to be a more um, congruent governing body over the Power Five in some regards, maybe not every regard, but in some regards. And in that, in that sense, I, I do think it should mirror somewhat what we have uh, in our constitution where we're a federalist society under a federal government, but the states clearly govern themselves. I think that you can govern yourself as a conference, but you can fall under the overarching governing body of, of, of something that is protecting the health and well-being of that particular sport and not just the massive organization of intercollegiate athletics, which is right now the model with the NCAA. But those are all decisions for, for another day. Hey, I would be remiss if I wasn't on and I didn't at least, you know, drop these other two things in. Doug, the unintended consequences of potentially postponing or canceling the season, I think I've talked about the health issues, right? I think players are safer in the confines of football than they are outside. Right. But also we've got to at least address the fact that the deterioration of their mental health would be sure to happen, right? Like that would be expected. And, in this age group, it needs to be said that the number two cause of death in America for a college-age kid is suicide. I don't think that we should be pushing kids towards what we would clearly see as the deterioration of their mental health, in particular when we've got substance abuse on the rise in our country. Some counties talking about double the amount of opioid deaths, like Cook County, Illinois, throughout our lockdowns. There are massive human costs to taking things away from these athletes that they've singularly focused on for the majority of their lives in order to excel and provide opportunity both academically and in the future potentially financially. They'd fall behind academically, and they would also not have the ability to raise their monetary value in their future athletic endeavors like we've seen from Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow in the last three years. Well, it's interesting. You know, your kids are a little bit younger than mine. You know, I have two that are entering into high school. And, you know, both of them have gone through some ups and downs motion. My son's 11 and, you know, his baseball season was canceled. He's had, you know, he's, he's word tackle football's probably canceled, you know, and like we've had basketball tournaments that we haven't done. And so you get to where kids and they start to lack motivation. Then you consider like, at least he has a good window. At least he's going into sixth grade. So there'll be plenty more, but 
uh, from sixth graders not getting to go to Cooperstown like most baseball players do, to basketball players not getting to be seen for to try and get a scholarship offer, football players the same, and then you know maybe you don't lose a year of college football, but all of a sudden now you get another class of seniors, and the fresh and the se- and the the college seniors come back for another year, the high school seniors, and now now what do you do with all those? There's like there's a lot of unintended consequences. That's in right. addition to the mental health that we're not, we're simply worried about, Hey, we can't be sued. And the irony to it is like football's already been dangerous, really, really dangerous. And yeah. we've turned that's a blind right. eye to it for a long time because well, that's football, right? So that's right. it's, 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 it, it's fascinating. We're on the same side in this one. And doesn't mean that we're only going to have you on when we're on the same side arguments, keep up the good <laughs> fight. But by the way, last thing, the president tweeting out Trevor Lawrence's we want to play good or bad for the sport in terms of the, 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 do you think it changes the, the, the equation at all? Oh, that's a good question. I, 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 I don't think it changes the equation. I tell you what I think it does do is it, is it gives red state governors more elasticity to tell their universities in their states, Hey, you know, if you want to play, I'll support you. And, and, and that's where we get that fracturing of conferences and, and allegiances and so on and so forth. So I think, I think that's probably more what it does, which I guess in, in, in the bottom line probably means that we'll see. I do believe this, Doug, I think we'll still see some college football games this fall. Call me crazy, even in the midst of all this news, right? I, like, I still believe that there'll be some college football games. I don't know how many, and I don't know where they'll be, but I think someone's going to try. Yeah, it's, it's, we live in some spectacularly interesting times. Great stuff, dude. Thanks so much. We'll talk soon, okay? Appreciate it, bud. Have a good one. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's welcome in Rick Buecher, Fox Sports 1, Bleacher Report. Um, any idea what really happened with DeAndre Ayton and that he missed a test yesterday? I do not, but keep in mind, this is not the first time that there's been some questions about what, what DeAndre is doing and what his, uh, what his habits are. But I do not know specifically in, uh, in this case exactly what it is. I, did, I do know, you know, I don't know, and I'm, you can connect the dots if you want to. Um, I, I'm not necessarily suggesting that you should, but, I, I, you know, you can that um, I was told the other day that the league is not testing whatever test that they're doing. They are not testing for the use of marijuana in the bubble. Um, and so uh, the happiest place on earth has truly become the happiest place on <laughs> earth for, for certain NBA players. That's amazing. That's amazing. Not to throw not to say anybody specifically, but just to say, Hey, right. here's a little, right. here's a little factoid is, and right. we, weed isn't legal in Florida. Is it like, you can't, like in California, no, you, I, like, as you know, you can just go down Colorado, the street. Colorado, California, Oregon, am I missing one? Those are the three that I know of. There's more than that, but yeah, Nevada is definitely legal. Nevada is legal. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So Anyway, I haven't uh, been, been keeping tra- It's It's not, you know, I don't, I don't make my travel plans based on where weed is legal, so I, it's not something that it's for, for 
most in my mind. Draymond comes out. The Suns are undefeated in the bubble. Draymond comes out and says, hey, we need to get Devin Booker <laughs> out of Phoenix. He gets fined $50,000. Like, yeah. look, I, I, I thought Draymond was good. He's totally likable. Yeah. And he's not saying anything that dudes aren't. That's what dudes say all the time out of respect, you know, for guys. Right. But sure. to say it on TV is not. A, and how does he only gets a fifty thousand? Like, and I get Magic Johnson was running a franchise at the time, but dude, what do you, you can't do that what Draymond did. Yeah, no, you can't. And I think that uh, one, I, I believe that that is the minimum a, a player can't appeal if it's fifty thousand. If it goes above that, they can appeal, and it becomes an issue. And I think the the league wanted to slap his wrist and then and then keep it moving and not not make too much of what he said and drag it out. Uh, that said, look, that's where guys go on TV. I mean, we see it all the time. Guys go on TV or they suddenly are in the public eye and they just kind of get comfortable and let it rip. And then they find out that, you know, sometimes you have to make conscious decisions about what you are going to say or not say on uh, uh, on TV or radio. Kind of like I did with your question about DeAndre yeah, I get it. I get it. Very good. Very artfully done. Artfully done. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. That's the voice of Rick Buecher. Um, New Orleans is out of the playoffs. They're shutting all their guys down for the last game. Yeah. I, I just wonder, like, what now for that organization? Yeah, well, you know, I'm going to go back to something that I was told going into this, which was while the league and fans and everybody was excited about the, the Pelicans uh, possibly making the playoffs and extending the season and more of Zion, that that was never really a heartfelt desire by the New Orleans Pelicans as a whole. I'm not going to say that some of the players, you know, Al Gentry. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't know definitively that it was a uh, a conscious, collective, concerted effort. But uh, I do know that there were mixed feelings about the value of. Uh, just going to the wall to try to gain a playoff spot and uh, and how to use Zion. Because the, the reality is, and I, you talked about it, I know you see it, Doug. Um, I, I don't know how many people, uh, mainstream fans, uh, uh, grasp it, but Zion isn't ready to play uh, extensive minutes in an NBA game. And we, and once again, you know, we took Instagram posts and photos and Zion and everybody got all excited, hot and bothered. Look, he's in shape. Like he took a photo and he looks good. And, uh, and then you get a guy on the court and you find out that how you look in a picture is not necessarily how you look running up and down going a hundred miles an hour. And so, uh, I, I just, I look at it and it, this, the, the result kind of reminds me of what I was told from the very beginning, which was the Pelicans would be perfectly okay with going down there, getting some time and getting some work in, but that uh, that, that advancing or, or making the playoffs or grabbing that eighth spot really wasn't of uh, was wasn't top of mind, wasn't an absolute priority for the franchise. So um, I believe that this was planned, and the idea is okay. Let's let's look at what we've got, and the number one thing is how do we how do we develop Zion? How do we get him in physically better shape? I, Everything, com- everything trickles down from there. You have to make a decision on, one, how you're going to do that, and then how he fits into the rest of your team. And that's, that, for me, is the first 
and last and only thing that the Pelicans really need to concentrate on this offseason. Rick Buecher from uh, Bleach Report joining us, Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, there is some beef between the Clippers and the Blazers. Let me start with the Blazers. I, I know Barkley was was um, he was he was told to make a bold prediction. He said that the Blazers are going to beat the Lakers. Yeah, um, and now he's doubled down. Now he's now the Blazers he's winning the championship. Yes, now he's he's doubled down. Uh, I look, I like the Blazers' story, but they were beaten by the Clipper backups, and they have yep. no good matchup for LeBron James. They none. They have nobody. Yep. They, yep. They, I just I feel like it's a everybody's missing how bad a matchup that is. Yeah, no, 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 for sure. That that that's going to have a huge influence uh, on uh, on that series. I also think it's going to. This is why I think the Lakers should win the series, but it is going to require a lot of effort and energy from LeBron James to do that, and more effort and energy than he's used to giving in first round series. If you go and look at his history, uh, the only the Pacers took him to seven games. Otherwise, it's been four-game sweep, five-game sweep, and it, was, it wasn't a whole lot of heavy lifting for him. So I don't see the Blazers necessarily knocking them off, uh, although the way the Lakers are playing collectively, I also I, I I can't completely discount it because I do think there are some matchups that the Blazers can exploit. I think their bigs overall are better. I'll be interested to see you know, how they approach Anthony Davis. And if you're asking Anthony Davis to go win you a series uh, or just a game or two in a series, how that's going to happen. So I, I'm, there, there are reasons for me to think that that would be a very competitive series. But even if, it's, uh, even if the Lakers do end up winning and it's merely competitive and not fatal, uh, I still think it's going to take something out of LeBron James that the Lakers would prefer him no, no not to have taken out of him. No question. What is wrong with the Lakers? Uh, one, it's taking them a while to get restarted. I think some of that is because of their age. Uh, and the... Uh, I, actually, you know, honestly, I, I got to come down. It all comes back to LeBron James. And I think you said it, and I think you rightly said it. We give him all the credit in the world. He was at the top of my MVP ballot because for the regular season, I thought he had the most to do with the Lakers winning the West, which no one ever would have thought they could. And if you take him away, I don't think they come close to doing that. So um, there is that. But ultimately, the way that he has approached this, where he's being very judicious in how much energy he's exerting, He's not shooting the three ball well. He's settling uh, at times for shots. And there's been this effort to like get Anthony Davis going and some other guys going or to have them carry the, uh, the load. And so they're, they're fractured right now because those guys are not there. Danny Green isn't ready to play. I mean, I look, he's, I think, 32. He's an old 32. It takes a while to get that engine started up again. Uh, Anthony Davis goes as the team goes. If the team plays well, he will play well. And that's not just for this year. That's been every year that Anthony Davis has played. When the team is going well, he is going to amplify and supplement that. When it's not, you don't look to him to pick up a team that's dragging and get them somewhere. It's just simply not what he has been. So, 
Now LeBron is looking is is not really on his game, his A game, and he's looking for other guys to step up, and they're simply not there. And keep in mind, this is also you take out Rajon Rondo, you take out Avery Bradley. I know those aren't big names, but you could always look to somebody somewhere who was going to give you something, and you could you could spin the roulette wheel, and it was going to come up on somebody. Well, now the guys that are there are not coming through, and you have less choices to pick from to say okay well this guy doesn't have it going maybe i can go to this guy and the last time we saw them avery bradley had it going pretty well yeah and it i think covered up a lot of other issues that they had no i i agree i agree with you on on all part all parts of that and i just i i wonder with this flawed team what it looks like when you get to the playoffs even though i love that portland matchup it's like at some point in time he gets worn down and the stats yep. will show you when he doesn't play at a high level, they're not yep. very good, and, 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 and vice versa. High efficient level, and at both ends of the floor. They're just simply they're, they're not the same, player, same team. And by the way, for anybody, you know, the Lakers fans out there are saying, hey, we clinched the number one seed. It's the bubble. These don't count. When we turn the lights on, that's when we'll get going. This is not that because – I would give you that if we were playing continuously. But you're coming off of a three-month layoff, and you need to get back to playing the way you did before. You don't just – I don't know that you ever can just flip that switch, but you certainly can't flip that switch after three months. What you did during the regular season means nothing at this point. There is no – absolutely no guarantee that when we get to to, uh, the first round – that the Lakers are suddenly going to going to start playing again the same way we saw them playing in February and March. There is the, the idea that they, all they have to do is like, you know, buckle down and focus. There's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, they're not good enough to hit the hit the you know flip the switch, right? That's nope. not. They are not not good enough to uh, to, to flip the switch at all. Um, ben Simmons is hurt again, mm-hmm. and so I, I like for the longest time it was. Hey, I like Embiid as a breakthrough, a unique breakthrough yep. player, but I'm 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 afraid he's going to be hurt. And the the argument with Simmons is attitude. Do guys like him? How hard does he work? And now it feels to be the opposite, right? Embiid sometimes yep. doesn't bring it, and it's Ben Simmons who's always hurt. Yeah, yeah. Look, here's here's the heart of the issue, and um, Terry Stotts said it about Damian Lillard: your best player has to be your hardest worker. Yep. And you are who your best ben, player is, by the way, that, that there's another that, way of expressing it. If your best player is a hard worker, your team will work hard. If your best player yes. is soft, your team's going to be soft, et cetera, et cetera. And if your best player accepts criticism and steps up, if you can, if you can coach your best player, then you're going to go somewhere as well. And, you need no more. You don't need to know any more about the flaw in the Philadelphia 76ers in that Ben Simmons has had all this time to develop a jump shot and that his coach has asked him to develop a, a jump shot and has protected him from criticism of not having a jump shot. And still, Ben Simmons has acted as if it is not a requisite for him as a point guard or a floor leader or simply to make the 76ers as good as they can be to get a jump shot. Who else, how does Brett Brown or anybody in the Sixers organization go to anybody else on that team and say, you know what, you need to do this better. You need to develop this in your game. 
when your leader, your best player, arguably, has not done that. And then if you go to the next guy, and I've always said, you know, I would move Simmons and I would build around MB because I think he's the uh, talent-wise, he's the best player at his position. But Embiid is, 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 as you noted, he's the same way. He's not necessarily your hardest worker. He's another guy we saw photos of during the uh, during the break about how you know how conditioned he was. And I watch him play, and I, I'm I'm not I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing a guy who's ultra conditioned. And so I, that's where it starts. I mean, whether it's Embiid or whether it's Simmons, I, Philadelphia fans don't want to hear this, and I hate saying it for the they because they lost for four years to get this. This, this, if you think this is going to get you a championship, you're sadly mistaken. You might as well blow it up and start over again because you're not winning a championship with Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons as the best player on your team. I, I, I tend to agree with you. Uh, if there's one team that can come out of the East not named the Bucks, it's who? I'm still going to say the Toronto Raptors, even though I, I really didn't like the way they looked in the matchups with the, with the Boston Celtics. I do think a lot of these playoffs are going to be determined by who sees who, when, uh, that matchups are going to play a, a big role. But I just, I look at the versatility of the Raptors and I look at their mindset uh, for the most part uh, and uh, in their experience, their collective experience in the playoffs. Uh, they seem to be healthy. Uh, I just, it's, it's, there's a resolve there that, I, I, I like the Miami Heat. I don't think they have enough dribble penetration. I don't think they have that one guy who sets everything else up, and they, they're relying on a lot of young guys who've never played a playoff game before. So I really can't go there. So I'm going to stick with the Toronto Raptors as, as my, my dark horse pick if a defending champion can be that. Awesome stuff. Uh, Toronto Raptors would be f- fascinating. I just, I don't know how much, what it looks like in the postseason, what it looks like yeah. in those specific matchups. It's yeah. because it's such a different sport. Buke, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for joining us. You got it, Doug. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.